You're listening to Going Places and Making Friends, a half travel podcast, half interview podcast, where you'll be learning alongside me, your host, Cassidy, as I travel the world and have deep conversations with the friends I meet along the way. Now let's get to it. Welcome to Going Places and Making Friends. I'm your host, Cassidy. Today I'm here with a good friend of mine that I've had for many years, uh, Caitlin Malik. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Honored. Honored. One of my first podcast guests. Yeah. <laughs> Are you excited? Are I'm you nervous? I'm very excited. I'm a little bit nervous. I've never been on a podcast before, but I've listened to lots of podcasts. Yeah. So, yeah. I got it. It should be easy. You just and I like talk. talking and talking about myself and sharing my opinions. So Perfect. That's yeah. exactly what you're here to do. And I, I've kind of explained the purpose of this podcast to you before but for those new listeners um this is where i just have casual deep conversations with friends that i meet around the world and try to learn life lessons from them from the experiences that they've had and uh grow from their own growth as well kind of kind of a an opportunity to learn before we make the same mistakes type of thing. <laughs> I love that. So, um, you are here in Oregon now, but you grew up in California and you decided to move here for college. And I'm wondering about what was that decision like for you mentally? Like what was that mindset that you were in? And then how has that decision impacted and changed your life? Getting right into it. Getting right into it. <laughs> um, yes, I was. I was born and raised in Santa Barbara, California. Um, and I moved up here to Portland, Oregon when I was 17. I was about to turn 18 to wow. start college. Yeah. Um, I was very, I was very like, crunchy granola in high school I was very like wanted to be like you know a hippie and like cool and um I was just really not looking for like the traditional college experience at that time I was like that's not what interests me and um also my parents had gotten divorced in high school Mm -hmm. and I think that my life in many ways just felt very like unstable and like I was just like generally not like unhappy <laughs> but I was just like it the the idea of like moving and doing something totally different was very attractive to me and mm-hmm. um I was just felt really excited by that and I felt like I just like wanted that challenge too um it's interesting that you wanted to be a hippie and you felt attracted to Portland because I feel like you were yeah kinda like a beach bum like beach babe yeah and yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure probably a little hippie-ish yeah. already oh and yeah you want to just lean into that and move to the Pacific Northwest <laughs> I mean yeah like Portland was totally like this I mean it see I was very like you know 
into the like environmentally friendly like lifestyle I was like the president of earth club and everything and so I was like oh it's like such a green city and like it's a city I loved the idea of like moving to a city because because Santa Barbara is like a beach town and so I was like I could move to New York but then I loved how Portland had this like green aspect to it um and also my I didn't really like know how to navigate the college application process like my family had my parents didn't go to like a four-year university and so in many ways I felt like I was like just trying to scrape by and like apply to colleges and I felt like very out of the loop on stuff and so I actually like missed a lot of deadlines and like when it came down to it like I had applied to Portland State (laughs) and I had applied where I had applied and I got in and um was it one of the only schools that you applied to no I applied to like a handful of schools I just remember like I missed the UC deadline oh okay which I just remember like showing up to school and everyone was like oh did you hear did you hear back and I was like wait I don't even think I like applied to that and like just like feeling very like on the outside in that way and so Portland I had applied to Portland State but I think in the back of my head I knew I wanted to come to Oregon I had also looked at U of O and um, but Portland State just felt exciting because it was like in the city and Mm -hmm. I just could like imagine like that it would just be so fun so yeah I was like I'm gonna do it and I was you know took out whatever amount of loans I did to come Mm -hmm. up here as a 17 year old and (laughs) Just kind of did it. But my parents were really supportive, which I, I mean, I, th- I think they were like, oh, you're just trying to like get away from us, you know, a little kind bit of, of that. <laughs> but they also knew that I was like, oh, was really independent. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. So. And obviously that changed the course of your life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably the biggest, if not one of the biggest decisions I've ever made in my life, for sure. And, um, yeah, it's it's wild. Like, I can't imagine my life any other way than moving yeah. to Portland. Like, moving to Portland was so, like, transformative for – it was just so pivotal to, like, my personal growth just, like, as a young adult. Like, I can't imagine becoming a young adult in any other place other than Portland. It just, like, gave me such this, like, freedom and – Uh, freedom just because I was like away from my family and away from anyone I knew I didn't know anyone in Portland moving up here Um, actually that's that's a lie two people from my high school went to Portland State but it was like not people I had ever talked to or would ever talk to (laughs) Um, hopefully they're not listening hopefully they're not listening Um, you know who you are no (laughs) obviously this has changed your life what if there were 17 or 18 year olds listening right now wondering what college to go to, how to make the decision? Maybe they are a little more organized, know the deadline dates. <laughs> but Good for but you. what was really important in that, it sounds like out of state, away from where you grew up, was mm-hmm. very important to you. Were there any other kind of lessons from that that you kind of reflect on and think, I, I made a good decision here? Yeah, oh my gosh, that's a great question. I think that. For people listening who are like about to go to college um, or are considering going to college, for me, college was great. I will say, like, I am in debt, and that's a thing. Yeah. Because my family, we didn't, we didn't pay for it. We just took out loans. So, I mean, but you know, a lot of people are in that situation. I kind of hold out hope that like debt will be canceled and it will be fine. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I definitely think getting away from the place where I was born and raised, like when I was coming on 18 and becoming an adult was amazing for me but again I was like a very highly like independent person and like I'm pretty extroverted I 
you know, I kind of like make friends easily. And so I, I felt really like comfortable doing that. Um, but looking back, like that was a huge decision to make. And like, that was actually, I wasn't as like scared as I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I wasn't as like scared as I thought I would have been to do that. But I think it was just like all the adrenaline and the excitement. No, I think moving away from the place that you're born and raised is like such an amazing learning experience. And I recommend that to, to everyone. Um, and other than that, I mean, you don't have to go to like a prestigious college. That's also what I think it just costs more. And like at the end of the day, like most employers and people like just don't really care. So I, I wanted to move somewhere where like I liked the city and I thought that the culture would be fun. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't pick it based on like the school's like offerings as much. You were looking Um, at it a little bit more holistically, how your life would end up kind of in that place more so. Yeah, totally. It's funny that you mention um, you felt comfortable. You were an extrovert. You you kind of were independent. You felt like you confident in this decision because I had kind of the opposite opposite situation where I wasn't extroverted, and it was college that forced me out of the that bubble Hmm. and um would you still call yourself not extroverted now I would no longer call myself okay so you switch that's interesting well I would say I'm an extroverted introvert like you're an introvert with extrovert tendencies yes I would 100% like I force myself to be extroverted that's surprising even this podcast is like a force for me yeah and and it exhausts me like Mm-hmm. being around people some people get energy from that and love that I I need my time alone and I get yeah. energy from being alone rather than with people yeah I mean I can see that for sure yeah I definitely get energy from being with people so right right yeah um so I want to switch gears a little bit and ask you about a time where you felt like you were positively impacting the world and maybe that's now in your job maybe it's something you did in college or even you said you were president of earth club so maybe it was that (laughs) yeah when you when you when I saw that question I was like reflecting on all those things that you just mentioned and I think I started to feel like sort of like an activist like spirit and like a a spirit of like I just want to like do good things and make people's lives better make the planet better or I very much started feeling that like in high school um and that's still like how I feel today um but I think it's so interesting to reflect back on like my praxis in high school and how I approached that work because I think it was just so limited I mean I was so young and I feel like I was very like environmentally conscious and oriented towards like preserving and protecting the environment but like it was without all of the lenses of like, you know, the human aspect or the the effects on humans like that climate change causes and like the, it was devoid of like the social aspect of like environmental damage and climate change. And so I just reflect back on that. It's because I was young and I was still learning, but um, anyway, yeah, I felt like I was really positively impacting the world at that time. Was I? I don't know. Um, But then yeah, in, in college, I, um, got involved with the interpersonal violence prevention program of my college, which many colleges have these types of programs, um, aimed at like sexual assault and dating violence prevention. 
Um, and that was work that I don't really know why I just felt really called to do. I started volunteering with this program and then I got hired as a peer educator. So I was educating college students, mainly freshmen on topics like consent and bystander intervention, um, healthy relationships, 101, gender, 101. Um, and I found that to be incredibly rewarding work. I mean, I loved everything about it and I felt like I was really positively impacting like the campus environment and it was just it was so like direct like getting to getting to be in a room with like 60 freshmen on their first week at college and like talking about these topics consent namely and bystander intervention namely just felt really important to just feel the energy in the room and like people really like taking to heart what I was saying and it wasn't you know it's not preachy it's just like giving them information and sharing my experience and that felt really amazing and I'm definitely like chasing that <laughs> feeling of yeah. work feeling that rewarding um but then, yeah, I work for a great nonprofit right now, and we support kids who have learning challenges, like in public schools throughout the area. We have a couple of different programs where we help them with reading and um, just like life skills, and so that feels really rewarding too. Because um, I know that like day to day, like some people's lives are better because I, I get to get up and go to work and do what I do. So yeah. that yeah. feels good. Maybe it has to, has to do with the interactions of that, like, end user or constituent. Is like you were there in the room with the freshmen, and from what I understand of your job, you're not usually with kids um, yes. on a day-to-day basis or anything like that. Totally. Yeah. And, I mean, people have different, like, you know, praxis and ways that they affect change in the world. But, yeah, on a personal level, I think actually getting to, like, like theories of the... My dog is deciding to cuddle with us right now, which I really appreciate. But if you hear little snorts, it's her begging for pets. <laughs> and just being really sweet. And being very sweet, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, but I was a I was a I studied women's studies in college in addition to communication. And I think learning about different theories of um, you know, social change was really interesting and I'm definitely like less prone to say that like changing the laws does this and that. I mean, I see the importance of like making change like in institutions and through institutions, but I loved very direct like social change and like social norms yeah. change is what that work was. And that felt really rewarding. Yeah. Did you ha- ever have any direct feedback from those students that went through any of those like meetings or anything that was like really impactful to you where you like wow I'm affecting change right now yeah lots of little moments um I mean kids kids my peers would (laughs) come up um like after the presentation or the workshop and like talk with me like at length about things that they found interesting we got a lot of people wanted to start volunteering with the program like as a freshman because they learned about us that way and then we also as a part of our evaluation I mean we did like post or pre and post surveys like right before the workshop kids would get college students would get um uh, like these little like clicker devices that they would answer some questions like right before we started the workshop and then right after which is obviously like right after dosage so I mean whether those effects last that's sort of for like long-term evaluation Mm -hmm. to look at but it was really interesting to see the way that people's 
perception of how they can like affect a situation change so at the beginning they're like no I can't really prevent sexual assault from happening and then at the end they were like oh wait no like actually I totally could prevent that from happening wow so whether those effects lasted or not but it was pretty rewarding to see like people have that shift just from being like empowered with information and like practicing those skills wow that's really powerful um you mentioned gender studies before or women's studies um and so i'm wondering we've talked a little bit about a community or something that you want to make in regards to health and wellness i'm wondering is there that do you think women's studies played a part in this idea that you have and then also can you just talk a little bit more about what that idea is and what you think you want to create yes big questions um (laughs) I I think that taking women's studies courses and like which aren't just about women but just like it's basically like you know social justice history of like social movements and social change is what I'll call it like um definitely opened my eyes to to misogyny in my life and in our society and I think my work with that program that we were just talking about like it all really converges for me around um sex and sexuality and and sex education and how we talk about those topics um I just feel really invested in people being empowered with like accurate and accessible information when it comes to like sex and sexuality and navigating all those things as a young person and like healthy relationships like for whatever reason that's just where I found like a passion of mine lies so um yeah I want to do something with that I've been kicking around a lot of ideas I, I like to write I like to I like to talk to people. Um, I like to like just listen to people's experiences. I'm a very good listener. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to like meld all of those things into some like tangible, um, you know, thing to like produce. And yeah. hopefully like it could be my job or I could, you know, sustain myself mm-hmm. from it. But yeah, we were just talking about this. It's very, very nebulous right now. Very like... And I'm just kind of letting it like marinate and see like what form it eventually takes. Yeah. But yeah. Do you go and seek out health and wellness and sex advice or community in these things? And if you do, is there a hole that is not being filled by what's out there from what you've discovered? That's a great question. I I think there's a lot of people who are having conversations about these topics and there's a lot of like outlets that exist for people to get information. So yeah, I don't really feel the need to like just do something that someone else is doing. So I guess that's also like finding finding the hole and yeah. like what's missing. I think I definitely am really passionate about like empowering young people and I feel like there's you could never have like enough of just like things empowering young people with information and giving them opportunities to like lead on these issues too 
like of course I just said like I don't think like laws and stuff are the way to make change but <laughs> like I would totally be be willing to just like support efforts or create opportunities for like young people to just like have the voice and the seat at the table like in any situation that concerns them so yeah I'm thinking I'm thinking it takes shape in some sort of like a community that's very kind of freeform and people are sharing ideas and like that just like naturally leads to activism and yeah. people getting together and doing stuff together so I I definitely would consider myself like a facilitator mm-hmm. of that of spaces like that and yeah yeah that's how I see it that right makes now sense. that that resembles... it could change tomorrow yeah it could <laughs> <laughs> it resembles what I mean not out, outside of the health and wellness space but it resembles the type of like kind of communities that I'm hoping to form under my own kind of brand mm-hmm. as well. So I definitely relate to the the nebulous part of it is like you want to present something but also just let the like-minded people take it from there and do whatever they want with it. Like just creating that space like a facilitator like you said. Yeah, like absolutely. Something. Well, yeah, because I feel like I mean the the need to like control or just like have things be very structured and like timely is like parts of white supremacy culture and I feel like that's very ingrained for me and so I try to like resist that but it it sort of like feels a little like uncomfortable or weird to be like I'm just gonna create this space and like that's enough but like it really is enough to right because that's what we're taught we're taught like to stand in a line and you mm-hmm. plant things in rows and everything gets grouped together in these very binary ways. Mm-hmm. And so of course it feels uncomfortable breaking out of those and saying, I don't know what this is going to be, but here's a starting point and let's see where it goes. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And the complexity of like, I'm trying to think about this as like a job too. And there's mm-hmm. all these ways we've been taught to like, navigate capitalism and make money and sustain ourselves and that's also like a very real you know concern and and feeling I have but but at the same time I'm trying to let this be also just driven by like passion and like other things so yeah it's just like finding that balance yeah it can be complicated Mm -hmm. (laughs) working in systems that you don't really agree with but you have to form to (laughs) to live (laughs) to like survive yeah Yeah. um kind of a funny question when you were first starting to talk about um this kind of community that you want to build I was I wondered do you remember watching the video when you were in elementary school where they taught us about sex no. You don't re- you didn't I have to don't. watch a video. What was your first like sex sex education? My first sex edu- my first sex education air quotes um was my I remember being at my good friend at the time's house. We were in second grade, maybe even like first grade, and I remember like her dad had just said something to her and and I was like, "What?" and like it's, it's not weird. Her dad said something normal. It wasn't weird. But he said something to her. And then I was like, what? And she, like, whispered into my ear, like, sex is when the penis goes in the vagina. And I was like – and I remember, like, being – I remember being in her room in her house and, like, looking up at her, at her like, wall that had all these photos on it. And I just remember being, like, as she told me this. And – Like, imagining those people. Just – Like, having sex. <laughs> 
I was just like, mm, everything's like different now. Like, I know wow. this thing. Like, and so, you know, not to insinuate that sex is always P and V, but yes. that was yes. like, blew my mind. I felt like I knew something I shouldn't have at the time. And anyway, I, I was surrounded by friends at that age who I feel like were much more like sexually like advanced than me. And so I got a lot of informal sex mm-hmm. education, like at a very early age. Um, but and, then it, yeah, formal education in school. I don't remember anything until in fifth grade. I remember they separated the boys and the girls Yeah, um, to talk about, uh, tampons. That's literally the only thing I remember wow. from that conversation. And I remember actually, in fact, the girl who whispered that in my ear um, was kind of like deemed a slut in our school. Mm. And in fifth grade, she was kind of like, yeah, that was Why like am beginning I even feigning surprise. Right I know, now? <laughs> I know, right? It it runs deep. Um, but yeah, I remember she was like the person in in that group of girls as we're like separated from the boys and she was like I use tampons like very proud of it and all of us were like what are tampons like or at least I was like what are tampons because <laughs> I didn't have my period in fifth grade um but yeah so that was pretty much it and then I had a sex class I had I had a sex ed class in seventh grade Wow. So generally very limited sex education mm-hmm. and I don't remember it being especially progressive in terms of like talking about healthy relationships or like sexual intimacy beyond like here's a clinical explanation and like don't get an STI. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that comprehensive sex education is really important and I think it would have like demystified so many things for me and just like destigmatized and... And I'm sure so many people can agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess kind of a pro and a con. I, it's a good thing we have social media now. And we yeah. can, like, not saying learn everything from Google or TikTok, but also it's better than what we had in our day of, like, yeah, like yeah. you said. And, but also to the flip side of that, like, I just think of, like, pornography, too, on the oh, internet yeah. and that being, I mean, that was around when we were younger, too, but um, the age, like, the average age that kids start watching porn, like, keeps, like, getting lower and lower, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just so Which accessible. Which can be very toxic in so many ways. Yeah. It can be toxic, and, like, porn is not all bad. Um, we just have to think about... We just have to have a critical conversation yeah. about porn and about all the things that go into making mm-hmm. porn and how we access it. And yeah, it's about that balance. You can't just learn sex from watching porn. You have to. No, you no. have to have all of these different things. There's so many different facets, like you said. Yes, which is the argument for empowering like children and young people with more knowledge today. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. We're going to continue with the hard questions, I guess. Okay. (laughs) Give them to me. Um, so we are still in a global pandemic. We have been for, what, uh, for over two years. What is one lesson that you've taken out of the past two years? Something that will stick with you for a long time? Hmm. When I saw that question, I wasn't even, like, thinking, like, oh, my gosh, we've had two years of this, like, bizarre reality of the pandemic. Um, 
I mean, I got really vitamin D deficient during the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. So take your vitamin D, everyone. Go outside. If you're in the Pacific Northwest like us. Yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, the cliche, maybe it's not cliche, but like I feel like a lot of people would agree that things just felt like they became more like black and white like you either were like making a decision like to help other people or you were like being really selfish I feel like that's just I was caught it's like constantly on my mind even today like the mask mandate is about to be lifted but I feel like I'm constantly still reaching to put on my mask and it's because that became such a way to just like help others and like think about others around you and I think we see just like some people are just so inclined to like not do that and just like reject that um which is honestly surprising and saddening but I think it felt really empowering to feel like I was doing things to like help my community and I liked that feeling um you weren't able to fly down and see your family in California during this time and I'm wondering you will be moving back to California soon and I'm wondering announcement yeah it's okay it's not gonna be out for a while great (laughs) (laughs) um yes you are moving back down to California and I'm wondering do you think that you'd be doing that at this point in time in your life if the pandemic hadn't happened like if you had that ease for the last two years would you have this feeling of going back down to California that's such an interesting question I hadn't really ever thought about that um I mean my my I think for a long time my plan was I was moving up here to college and I would like stick around for a little bit after um because and as it happened like I had built up you know connections and like a bit of a network and I I felt like I knew places I wanted to work and I I felt really comfortable like job searching here so it just made a lot of sense but and I liked living here um but I always knew I would move back to California at some point or I always I I knew I would settle down in California that's still Mm -hmm. where I'm at like I want to settle down in California and like have a family close to my family in California um But no, I never really knew like when that would happen. And uh, no, I definitely think that the pandemic made me miss my family more. Um, And as I'm sure people can relate, like I just, I feel guilty, like having moved away from my family and they don't, they don't like make me feel guilty, but like I, (laughs) I feel, they kind of make me feel guilty for moving away so I'm definitely not moving back just to like I want to move back and be closer to them but um yeah I guess it was also just like my lease is ending so (laughs) (laughs) where am I gonna go now (laughs) I also I mean it's exciting and I'm definitely telling myself you know I can move back down to Los Angeles and then I can go move wherever I want after that and I'm just very much trying to maintain a spirit of I could move down there and like three months later feel like this was not the right decision and I could go do something else and I I feel comforted by that and I like tell myself that that's totally an option so absolutely your your whole life is yours (laughs) it really is but 
such a revelation to realize. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's a perfect place to end. Um, This has been a really fun conversation with you. Get digging in deeper into things that even I haven't known uh, as your friend for multiple years. Um, so thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Any any last things, any um, things that people definitely need to check out? Doesn't have to do. Doesn't have to relate to you in particular, but any anything that you're that's bringing joy to your life that you want to share with others. Ooh, what's bringing joy to my life? If it's just like euphoria, then that makes sense. Euphoria (laughs) does bring joy to my life. Um, Our Flag Means Death is another show I just started watching that's also bringing joy to my life. Um, But no, I feel like I just want to like drop some things. Um, Holistic Life Navigation Podcast is a great podcast you should listen to. Check out Natasha Ocean's YouTube channel. We we didn't really get into this conversation, but I'm also passionate about like health and wellness because I think especially young women are just like presented with so few options to like love themselves and their bodies in particular. And I definitely struggle with that growing up. And I think um, we just need more like great content creators who like normalize like you know, fitness for like joy and for truly having like a good relationship with food. So definitely check out Natasha Ocean. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) No, I think that's great. Well, perfect. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Catch you next time. (laughs) 